It is good to worship the King of Kings together. And that's one thing I, I, I pray uh, that as our hearts are turned to him and we get to open his word uh, once again together. And we're in the book of Revelation, which you can turn there now if you haven't already. We're going to be looking at chapter 9. But I want us to remember, guys, that the entirety of the revelation is of Jesus Christ. He is exalted. He is seen as that King of kings and Lord of lords and every knee should bow before him. And I've been loving this study with you guys as we consider uh, the vision of the future and what is going to take place. And we believe that this could be uh, in the near future. Uh, no one knows exactly the day or the hour that these things will take place but we do know the times and the seasons and we definitely see much going on in recent history very recent history uh, leading up to these things so we see the future we see the heavenly scene in the book of revelation can't wait to get there uh, with you guys we may be tripping right now that we can't gather together guys we're going to get to gather for all time forever learn to be content um yeah and i don't say that flippantly i know uh i know that it's in our heart that longing for fellowship but out of love um and we're praying for wisdom uh we don't want anybody uh to be hurt in any way uh so uh you can pray for us that we would know god's timing and when we are to start gathering together and what that will look like and the different steps that need to be taken. Uh, but more than anything, guys, I don't think we need to worry about that. We need to keep uh, looking to Jesus. Uh, we have phones. We got technology. There's so many ways to be in fellowship, to connect. It may not be the same, but we're not forsaking it. This morning, I, you know, I don't feel at all that we're forsaking. If anything, I know there's some people today that are tuning in and listening right now uh, that are considering things of the Lord, of God's word, that haven't come to a saving faith yet. And we're hoping that this uh, is going to reach people, that they're going to find their need of a Savior in Jesus Christ, that they'll come to the truth. And I think it's a great and a unique opportunity for us as the church to get the word of God out. So I encourage you guys, be sharing with your friends, be praying. Um, it's one thing as we consider Revelation and these scrolls uh, being opened and these seal judgments, okay? Uh, the seventh one is taking place uh, to where we are now, which opened up trumpet judgments and we considered uh, four of them last week and we're going to look at uh, two more today and wrath is being measured, uh, is very patient, but it's also progressing at the same time. Not because God is easy on sin, but God, rich in mercy, desires none to perish. And I want to take a look at a couple verses with you guys. And I've shared this one often with you um, over the years. And I, I love what Peter says here in 2 Peter 3, 9. The Lord is not slack concerning his promise as some count slackness, but as long-suffering towards us, not willing 
that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. Now, maybe you haven't come to repentance. Maybe it's the day that you need to turn your life over to Jesus Christ. You need to turn to him and ask for forgiveness. He loves you. He laid down his life for you, that you may have life and life eternal, that you wouldn't have to go to hell. And that's one thing that we're going to see this morning as we consider Revelation chapter 9 together. The wrath of God continues, but what is the reality in it? That all should come to repentance. So if we take a look together at verse 1 here, it tells us that the fifth angel sounded, and I saw a star fallen from heaven to the earth. To him it was given the key to the bottomless pit. So the star had fallen, okay? And this is not some animate object, uh, but it's an angelic being, okay? A reference to Satan here. And it's clear if we look at the whole chapter that it is him. Uh, in Luke um, 10, 18, Jesus said, hey, I saw Satan fall like lightning from heaven. And if we take a look, many of you guys are familiar with Isaiah 14. Uh, it speaks of Satan and his fall there in that chapter. And I'm going to read to you guys here out of the New Living Translation in verse 12. How you are fallen from heaven, O shining star, son of the morning. You have been thrown down to the earth. You who destroyed the nations of the world. For you said to yourself, I will ascend to heaven. And set my throne above God's stars. That's pride. And I will preside on the mountains of the gods far away in the north. I will climb to the highest heavens. And I will be like the most high. Instead, you will be brought down to the place of the dead. Down to the lowest depths. So the devil's present position here. Not very you know, speaking physically, um, but just that order, you know, of authorities, let's say. And here, Satan wanted to be like the most high, wanted to be just like God. And that's the problem. If you haven't come and submitted yourself to your maker, you haven't humbled yourself and bowed the knee to Jesus Christ, it is because you're just like Satan. The Bible would say of an unbeliever that you are actually a child of Satan's and you're just like your dad. You are proud. You want to be right. You want to be your own God rather than submitting to the one and only true God. Um, let's take a look together here at verse 2. It goes on to tell us, And he opened the bottomless pit, and smoke arose out of the pit like smoke of great furnace. So the sun and the air were darkened because of the smoke of the pit. So this is speaking of the bottomless pit or the abyss. And we also see that brought up other places there in Revelation. Um, so the abyss is a place where certain demons are currently locked up or they are bound. You also can jot down Luke 8 verse 31. Um, it says there 
that the they begged these demons begged Jesus repeatedly in order that they would not go in to the abyss. So there is a special place for a special type of demon, and it is this outer, uh, this bottomless pit, this abyss. Uh, Satan will be bound there, we're told in Revelation chapter 20 uh, for now, but he is given a key. So what is happening here is that Satan is being allowed to really unleash further activity on the earth. He is and has been on a leash up to this uh, point. Okay, He has been uh, defeated. Uh, smoke um, that blots out the sun, we're told there. That's pretty crazy. A uh, picture maybe of the uh, <laughs> polluting corruption of hell uh, unleashed upon the earth. Uh, perhaps deception is being pictured here. In verse 3, then tells us, Then out of the smoke locusts came upon the earth and to them was given power as scorpions of the earth uh, have power so these demons that have been unleashed on the earth and they're now described as being like locusts so uh, this is very obvious description in fact uh, they're not actual locusts look at here with me picking it up in verse 7 the shape of the locusts was like horses prepared for battle. On their heads were crowns of something like gold, and their faces were like the faces of men. They had hair like women's hair, and their teeth were like lion's teeth. And they were, or they had these breastplates, like breastplates of iron. And the sound of their wings was like the sound of chariots and many horses running into battle. They had tails like scorpions, and there were stings in their tails. And the power, or their power was to hurt men five months. And they had as king over them the angel of the bottomless pit, whose name in Hebrew is Abaddon, and, or but in Greek, he has a name, Apollyon. So crowns were given. Faces like men on these locusts. They had hair like women. Breastplates. Tails like scorpions. So this is a very ugly picture meant to convey the vileness of demons and evil going out to conquer crowns. They are swarming like locusts. So this is a very important picture to get. So when locusts here swarm, that can be an overwhelming uh, force. And they're not going to disturb the crops in the fields. They're going to swarm humanity. Uh, Revelation 9.4, if you look there, it tells us that they were commanded not to harm the grass of the earth or any green thing or any tree, but only those men who do not have the seal on their foreheads. So what's happening here? Well, this demonic uh, activity that was previously restrained now is being unleashed um, 
on this unprecedented scale. Uh, this activity comes in contact with unrepentant humanity. Effects are astounding here. And you must understand this. Uh, everyone worships something. That's the way God has created us. If you're not worshiping Jesus, God, you are worshiping something else. So here in view, it's about worship. So to refuse to worship Christ is to subject yourself to the worship of demons in other forms. Um, look at verse 20 here. But the people who did not die in these plagues still refused to repent. You guys catching this? Of their evil deeds and turn to God. Again, this is God's heart that they would not perish, but all would come to repentance. And it tells us here they continue to worship demons and idols made of gold, silver, bronze, stone, and wood. Idols that can neither see, nor hear, nor walk. So in these types of forms, they worship pleasure, greed, indulgence, self, sin. The list can go on. Though these things often seem to be the way of robust living, it feels good, right? Just do it. Uh, no, it is sin. And they prove, guys, um, the way of death. See the progression here. We'll pick it up in verse 13. Then the sixth angel sounded, and I heard a voice from the four horns of the golden altar, which is before God, saying to the sixth angel who had the trumpet, release the four angels who are bound at the great river Euphrates. So the four angels who had been prepared for the hour and the day and the month and the year were released to kill a third of mankind. Now, the number of the army and of the horsemen was 200 million. I heard the number of them. And thus I saw the horses in a vision. Those who sat on them had breastplates of fiery red, uh, hinged blue and sulfur yellow. And the heads of the horses were like the heads of lions. And out of their mouths came fire, smoke, and brimstone. By these three plagues, a third of mankind was killed. By the fire and the smoke and the brimstone which came out of their mouths. And their power is in their mouth and in their tails. For their tails are like serpents, having heads with and with them they do harm. So though Satan and demons tempt us in promising a better life, they actually seek to destroy us with our own lusts and behavior through temptation. James tells us in chapter 1, verse 13, 14, and 15, And remember when you are being tempted, do not say, God is tempting me. God is never tempted to do wrong, and he never tempts 
anyone else. Temptation comes from our own desires, which entice us and drag us away. These desires give birth to sinful actions. And when sin is allowed, it gives birth to death. Did you catch that? When sin is allowed to grow, it gives birth to death. So here we see the powers of hell meeting unrepented humanity with this unprecedented force. The result is stinging, the stinging effect that torments and seems to be worse than death. And then we see in verses 5 and 6 of Revelation 9 that they were not given authority to kill them, but to torment them for five months. Their torment was like the torment of a scorpion when it strikes a man. In those days, men will seek death and will not find it. They will desire to die and death will flee from them. So spared from death here without salvation, but would rather die than repent. So death comes. So what is God's purpose in all of this? Unleashing God's wrath and judgment for one, right? God using the enemy and he frequently has worked through uh, this way. God may be giving people what they want. Uh, you know, a common form of judgment. You might be thinking, well, that's not right. That's not fair. Why would God let that happen? Well, he's given us free will. I would encourage you if you struggle with that and don't get it, don't understand it. Turn to Romans chapter 1 and read through it. It explains clearly uh, that we are the ones making those choices. And because of what we sow, we're going to reap the consequences of that. We suppress the truth. We might give lip service to God, but we really don't want to do things his way. We want our way. And we're willing to suppress the truth. And those who choose to live in sin, disobedience, rebellion, just perversity, uh, we then approve of it also. Um, and we're just as guilty. And we see that going on today in the world. You know, People are so easily offended when we stand on the word of God and what he has declared, what is right and what's wrong. People get offended by that. And hey, they're going to hate us because they hate God because they love their sin. They want their own way. The second thing that I see here in the purpose of all this is really the unveiling God, God's patience um, and his mercy. And I'm hoping that you're seeing this as we're going through all these different judgments in the book of Revelation. It's really meant to lead people to repentance. And there's a limit here. Did you guys catch? There's no death for five months. So God's showing people the results of pursuing darkness here. And it's clear that salvation is the goal. And you can see that in verse 20 and 21 in this chapter. And I want to throw out a third one here of why uh, God is doing all of this. It's unfolding God's light and his justice. Light is only seen in contrast to darkness. 
So let there be light. I want to look at 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verses 3, uh, 4, 5, and 6 with you. It says, But even if our gospel is veiled, the good news, what Jesus has done, it is veiled to those who are perishing, whose minds the God of this age, that would be Satan, has blinded, who do not believe, lest the light of the gospel of the glory of Christ, who is the image of God, should shine on them. For we do not preach ourselves, but Christ Jesus the Lord, and ourselves your bondservants for Jesus' sake. For it is the God who commanded light to shine out of darkness, who has shown in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. So, if you're a non-believer, Satan is blinding you. There's a spiritual thing going on. There's times where we want to grab somebody, shake them up a little bit, get it. Jesus loves you. Why can't you see that he's the savior of the world, that he alone can forgive your sins, that he's the only way to the Father? Uh, you need to get the gospel. Um, darkness. People just can't see. And that's why we pray. It's a spiritual thing going on. Just like the Apostle Paul, man, his eyes had those scales. Okay? But God removed those and he was able to see. I also want to share with you guys John chapter 3. We're very familiar uh, with this chapter. But going on in verses 19 and on, it says, This is the condemnation that light has come into the world. That's speaking of Jesus. And men love darkness rather than light, because their deeds were evil. For everyone practicing evil hates the light and does not come to the light, lest his deeds should be exposed. But he who does the truth comes to the light, and his deeds may be clearly seen that they have been done in God." So when darkness comes in, this unprecedented mass and force is directly against people and they still refuse to turn from it, to repent. And they are shown to be truly dark and they have a love for the darkness. And I see that um, in so many people's lives. Okay, They're not seeking God right now. Because they're loving their sin. They're loving the darkness. But when a person begins to seek the Lord, start coming to the light, what does light do? It exposes. And sometimes we don't like what it exposes. Hey, there's going to be a cost to me following God. There's going to be me now having to deal with these dark areas. They're being illuminated and God's going to want me to repent to turn from those things? Yes. And even for us who have come to faith in Christ and been born again, God is so faithful uh, to illuminate really what's going on in our hearts. Okay? We're not perfect yet. We're perfect in Christ. But we're a work in progress. And God is changing us from glory to glory. And there's things that he's wanting to deal with. And sometimes we don't like it. And because of that, we don't seek God the way that we should be seeking him. We're not willing to humble ourselves, to be vulnerable with brothers and sisters in Christ. 
We just want to hide from that stuff. But God loves us enough to spank us. He chastens those in whom he loves. And he will bring light into our lives to expose things. And I want to encourage you, my brothers and sisters, uh, don't hide. Allow God uh, to reveal. And once he reveals, deal with those things. They're not always easy, but they're best. Because God uh, is calling us uh, really to be holy as he is holy. He has a way that he has set before us to walk in. And he wants us to walk in that, to experience life, to experience, you know, really prosperity, not in the way of a prosperity gospel to be rich, but really the fullness of life. And there's so much that God has for us being in Christ, but we often come short of it because we're not willing to deal with that darkness to enter in to all that God has. So God here is really shown to be just and righteous. Uh, look at verse 20 here. Um, <clears throat> he's extended this light and mercy and warning and men choose darkness. And we're told in verse 20, but the rest of mankind who were not killed by these plagues did not repent of their works of their hands that they should not worship demons and idols of gold, silver, brass, stone, and wood, which can neither see nor hear nor walk. So they will be exposed and judged. So where are you choosing darkness still? I mean, we have to be real. Otherwise, we're just going through some motions. We're just being hearers of the word. We don't want to be doers of it. So I want you to ask yourself, and not because um, <laughs> you're going to get out of it. You know, of course, there's benefits and blessings of obeying God. But we do this because he is worthy, because he is God. And we have to ask ourselves, where are we choosing darkness? And where do we not want to be walking in light? And where are we being deceived? Let me tell you what, we're good at making excuses. We're good at justifying sin, okay? We're good at lying. <laughs> um, Satan disguises himself as an angel of light, guys. We need to be careful. Where are we being deceived? I want to share with you Romans chapter 13, verse 11 through 14 and really this is speaking to us about putting on christ it tells us in verse 11 and do this knowing the time that now it is high time to wake out of sleep for now our salvation is nearer than we first believed the night is far spent the day is at hand therefore let us cast off the works of darkness and let us put on the armor of light. Let us walk properly as in the day, not in revelry, in drunkenness, not in lewdness, in lust, not in strife and envy, but put on the Lord Jesus Christ and make no provision for the flesh to fulfill its lusts. So remember, darkness equals sin and sin 
equals destruction. It will destroy. A little leaven, guys, will leaven the whole lump. And that's why we are called to repent, to turn from our sin. In verse 11 here, it speaks about it being the destroyer. So sin, though it begins nicely, sin may be fun for a season. It soon torments us and ultimately destroys us. We all know John 10, 10. It says the thief does not come except to steal, to kill, and destroy. And man, he makes sin look so appealing. He makes it so much fun. But ultimately, it will destroy us. I've seen the effects of sin, how it's destroyed people, have made addicts of people, have ruined families, have brought really death to people. But the rest of that verse, it says, I have come, and this is Jesus speaking, that you, have, that you may have life, and that you may have life abundantly. And that's why we walk in the Spirit with Him. So I want us to think about this this morning. Um, unforgiveness, bitterness, addiction, immorality. These things imprison us in the pain to the point that we can wish to die. Death, which may come, uh, let me clarify, okay? It may come in the form of these idols. And what's an idol? I'm glad you guys asked. It's worshiping lesser things, okay? We are to worship God in Him alone. So they become a cruel slave masters of torment for us. Greed, uh, that never-ending pursuit of more stuff, more pleasure. A lot of what's going on right now, uh, the divisiveness within this world, even within the church, uh, what we should be doing or not doing, for real honest, guys, it's all self-driven. Um, and I think God is wanting to reveal hearts in this season and do a work. And I hope that we're open to it. I hope we're humble enough to really listen to him. Because I know a lot of people have a lot to say about what they think. And I think it would be good for us uh, to seek him, to hear his word. Um, to really be renewed. Uh, that's what God does. And I think he's wanting to do a new thing. Um, I do believe these things that we're reading of and studying are not that far out. They may be right around the corner. But I know my God, I know his heart is very patient and long-suffering, desiring none to perish, guys. And I, I believe he's wanting to revive his church, to wake up his body and get us doing and going. And we're going and doing right now. Some of us aren't. We're making excuses. We just want things to get back to normal. Maybe norm is not what God has, guys. Uh, maybe he wants us to actually be the church and to go. So pray on that. 
think on that. It's going to look a little differently for each one of us. It's going to look a little differently for each uh, local church individually. Um, but be praying, be seeking the Lord on those things. So I think about greed. I think about the fact of demons um, in torturing people. Uh, they do not turn from worshiping demons, which really demonstrates the power of idolatry, that we give ourselves to things that destroy us and that God judges. Um, and I've seen people who've been tormented by demons um, for much of their lives. Uh, they're not willing to, uh, to turn from those things, those idols, uh, in their lives and they, they stay enslaved to uh, just those demonic influences. Um, even to the point I've seen people possessed by demons. Uh, it's because they have opened themselves up in the way of worshiping whatever and that opened the door for these demonic beings to come in. Uh, it's kind of like us when we come to Christ. We're opening ourselves to him, God. You know, I, I want you. I'm going to worship you. I'm inviting you into my life. And we're told that the Holy Spirit does come and make his home with us. Do you not know that you are the temple of the living God? Yeah, if you're born again of the Spirit of God, he indwells you. Okay, light has come in. And when there's where there's light, there can be no darkness at all. And that's one of the things I can testify to, you know. Not that I've arrived or I'm perfect or I'm sinless, no, but the Spirit of the living God lives within me and he's been so faithful to reveal. And there's things, man, work in progress all the time. There's work to be done. So uh, the fact that we know these things destroy us and we still pursue them really highlights our need of salvation, of sanctification, of walking in the light as he is in the light. Uh, I have 2 Peter here with you guys, speaking of light. Uh, chapter 3, verses 14 and 15. Therefore, beloved, looking forward to these things, be diligent to be found by him in peace, without spot and blameless, and consider that the long-suffering of our Lord is salvation as also our beloved brother Paul, according to the wisdom given to him, has written to you. So, I left that last part on there about our beloved brother Paul. You guys know that the Apostle Paul, uh, he's my hero. I enjoy him. He's written 13 books of the New Testament, maybe 14 if uh, we include Hebrews. We don't know for sure who wrote Hebrews. Um, but, I want to encourage us as a church family and you personally, we, we are given not just in this season of things um, being shut down. Maybe we are given some of us uh, more time. We're called to seek God. You know, it doesn't matter how busy or not we are. We are called to seek him. And I want to encourage us to spend some times uh, time in Paul's epistles, his letters that he wrote in the New Testament, um, and go through. There's 13. If we did one a day over the next couple of weeks, uh, Scripture is given 
um, to teach us, guys. We have doctrine to teach us what is right and what's wrong, um, how to get right and how to stay right. Uh, 2 Timothy 3.16 speaks about, about that. And Paul's letters were written to the Gentile church. And most of us are Gentile believers. And it shows us how we ought to be living, how we should be conducting ourselves in this life and in relationships with our our wives and our husbands and our children and our families and our workplace and in our communities. Um, there's, there's much that we can learn and how to be doing church and what that looks like and how we walk in love and in truth and in light and wisdom and all these things. Uh, now, I just want to encourage us, maybe for the next two weeks, we'll spend some time going through. I'll throw up later today. Um, uh, just kind of an outline of what we could do. And it'd be great for us to just share with one another um, on uh, these different letters, things that God's showing us, teaching us. Uh, there is so much there. I think that'd be really cool. But going back uh, to what Peter said here, um, he's, in, he's exhorting us here uh, to consider the long suffering of our Lord and that being of salvation and even the apostle john uh wrote in his first epistle uh in chapter one verses five to nine this is the message which we have heard from him jesus and we declare it to you that god is light and in him is no darkness at all if we say that we have fellowship with him and walk in darkness, we lie and we do not practice the truth. But if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another. And the blood of Jesus Christ, his son, cleanses us from all sin. If we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all our unrighteousness. Wrapping up this morning, Revelation 9, 20 and 21. This really reveals what is the root of humanity's rebellion okay it is defiant it's a hard heart that is refused to repent look at verse 20 but the rest of mankind who were not killed by these plagues did not repent of the works of their hands that they should not worship demons and idols of gold silver brass stone and wood which can neither see nor hear nor walk and they did not repent of their murders, of their sorceries, or of their sexual immorality, or their thefts. So judgment is coming to such hearts. So what about you, beloved of God, whom the Lord loves, he disciplines? Christ was judged in your place, but shouldn't that yield in us a soft heart an obedient heart that is open to god and that is resistant to sin 
So if you are in Christ, you have a new nature. 2 Corinthians 5.17 And we should walk in that newness of life, guys. Um, I want to look at Romans chapter 6, verses 11 to 18. So you also should consider yourselves to be dead to the power of sin and alive to God through Christ Jesus. Do not let sin control the way you live and do not give in to sinful desires. Do not let any part of your body become an instrument of evil to serve sin. Instead, give yourselves completely to God for you were dead, but now you have new life. So use your whole body as an instrument to do what is right for the glory of God. Sin is no longer your master, for you no longer live under the requirements of the law. Instead, you live under the freedom of God's grace. Well then, since God's grace has set us free from the law, does that mean we can go on sinning? Of course not. Don't you realize that you become the slave of whatever you choose to obey? You can be a slave to sin, which leads to death, or you can choose to obey God, which leads to righteous living. Thank God once you were slaves of sin, but now you wholeheartedly obey this teaching we have given you now you are free from your slavery to sin and you have become slaves to righteous living. So live in a way that represents that new life in God's light now and stands in contrast to darkness. May God give you divine discernment and illuminating insight so you can see things as they are are and as not as they seem may god grant you grace to sort through the barrage of information and guide you into all truth may jesus empower you with his supernatural peace to navigate this storm with joy and strength may he pour out on you an abundance of wisdom to be a voice of reason in a world that's gone mad. Give Jesus that which you cannot control and steward with excellence that which you can. May your pure heart and firm faith keep you steady on the journey ahead of you. Wisdom's path is peace. He's got you. You've got this. Psalm 97 verse 11 light is sown like seed for the righteous and illuminates their path and the irrepressible joy is spread for the upright in heart who delight in his favor and protection good word today guys and it's because it's God's word.
I hope that you guys have been encouraged, exhorted, even rebuked if need be to really live for God, to walk in ways that honor him. That is why we've been created. That is why we are here. It is to glorify him. And may this world see our good deeds and glorify our Father. May we love one another rightly that the world may know that we are his disciples. People are watching, guys. They're looking in. So I want I just want to close our time um, in prayer. So if you pray with me, Father, thank you. Thank you for this time. Thank you for this uh, time in history you've given us to be alive. We thank you for the grace that has found us. We thank you so much for your wisdom, for your peace. I pray today, Father, that you'd help us to walk in the light as you are in the light, that we would bring honor and glory to you, that we'd even provoke those who are loving the darkness, that they would desire what we have, that they would want to come to the light also, to know you, Jesus, to be forgiven, to be given eternal life. That would be so great. So please, Father, do a great work in these uncertain times. Draw many to yourself. Use us in whatever way you want. God, we know your heart is one that none would perish. Thank you so much for the gospel. Thank you so much for what you did on the cross. Thank you for that love. And I thank you so much, God, that we never have to question how much you love us because you loved us so much that you were willing to give it all. Thank you for loving us that way. It's in your name we pray. Cool. Well, maybe today you found yourself in need of a Savior in light of God's word and the truth of the gospel. You're crying out to Jesus to save you, to forgive you. And he will. All we need to do is believe on him in faith, in our heart, and turn from our sins and turn to him. That's what he wants. He wants to do life with us. He wants to have relationship with us. He wants us to be a part of his family. And if you've done that, I would love for you to uh, let me know that. If you guys could go to our website here, come to freedom.com and uh, put in the message at the bottom of the homepage. I put my faith in Jesus today. I would love to connect with you, uh, to be able to pray with you. Uh, also, this Wednesday, we're going to be jumping into chapter 2 of Daniel and finishing up uh, that chapter. And we're going to get into uh, Nebuchadnezzar's dream, uh, the interpretation of it. And I would encourage you guys, if you haven't been taking in, all these studies are on um, our, our website. Um, and it's been really good. I think we are living in uncertain times. And I love that God has us right now in the book of Revelation in Daniel. We didn't plan on being in both of these. Um, but we are living uh, in, in some crazy times. And I love that the word of God really does show us, especially through the life of Daniel, uh, how to navigate, how to get through and really be an example uh, uh, to the world. 
uh, as they're watching us. So I'd encourage you to uh, take those studies in. Join us live uh, Wednesday morning, 7 a.m. It's been good. Well, God bless you guys. Moms, we love you a whole lot. May the Lord bless you guys. Uh, extra good today. Uh, Till next week, peace.